You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and uh, we're going to do something today that we do from time to time, which is essentially do stuff we shouldn't do. You shouldn't talk about Weezer, I don't think, if you're men of our age, women of our age. Um, you know, this band has been around for, if you believe it, coming up on 30 years since 1992, headed up by Rivers Cuomo. They had uh, some some really classic uh, genre-defining, uh, era-defining music, if you will. Buddy Holly, off of the Blue Album. Uh, Blue Album was an instant classic for a lot of people. And then Pinkerton, which found its its legs uh, 10 years after, I think, it, it came out. Uh, it was it was rad at the time, but uh, but critics didn't like it. But suddenly they came around to, to Cuomo's vision. Uh, and then uh, from there, though, things get a little weird for Weezer. And their output has been um, well. They they put out stuff. Let's just say that. Uh, but but they remain in our culture, and somehow amazingly, they they just continue to get bigger. It doesn't matter what they make. The culture is just like we want Weezer. Put it out. Put it in our ears. Put it in our faces. And and it it is. It's not even a cult. It's just woven into the fabric of who we are uh, as Americans. I think. Uh, and. And this is somewhat confusing to me because you can look at the last few albums and say, uh, they're not good. That's my opinion. <laughs> but, uh, but, and they're certainly not good compared to the earlier material. And yet they persist. And yet they play bigger and bigger places. They're playing a stadium tour this summer. Um, so, so this is a, these are the things that we think about that I think about here on this show. And, uh, my friends think about this a lot. So I invited a couple of them along. Mr. Casey Ray, you know him. He's, uh, amongst other things, a host of Dead to Me. Philip Bassnight, he's of the band Broke Royals. Uh, have sort of a multi-generational panel. Uh, so we get a bunch of different perspectives on this. But their latest release, The Black Album. And uh, and really, I, I, I hesitate to call this a review. It's just a discussion uh, of Weezer that, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have again, I, I predict, when they put out a new album. But... Um, you know, it, it, important questions need to be answered is what I'm saying. So that's what we're going to do on the show today. Uh, so if you guys are ready to that, if you haven't, if you've been avoiding the Black Album, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this to you right now. Uh, you got to hear the first single. Uh, so we're going to listen to Can't Fight the Hustle and come back. And uh, Casey and Philip are going to join us. So here you go. Off Weezer's The Black Album, Can't Knock the Hustle.
that's a little bit of Can't Knock the Hustle from Weezer's... Oh, shit. I don't even know how many albums this is. What is this? Uh, guys, this is the... 47th Weezer. 47th. Joining me, you hear uh, Mr. <laughs> Philip Bassnight, Mr. Casey Ray. Welcome, gentlemen. I hope it is warmer there where you are than here. Uh, <laughs> it is a, It is about to get fire in here because we're talking about Weezer for some <laughs> ungodly reason. Yeah. Uh, I know why. I know why, because I'm trolling Casey. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, you know, we all have this. This is multi generational, right? So we all have a different touch point for Weezer where they come in. But Casey, you and I are, are were were you know of age, I guess, at the beginning. Yeah, you know, back in, mean, back in the early '90s, I was touched by Weezer early. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, they've, they've done a lot of things. They've come a long way since then. And I think after it was maybe the red album or maybe it was gratitude or the album with the guy from lost on the cover. I'm not sure which early, yeah, that's right. early. <laughs> but, but people at that point, in my mind, stop taking them as seriously. By the time you get to an album called Ratitude, which, by the way, you've chosen to call Ratitude, and the photo <laughs> is of a uh, like dog, like a happy puppy, yeah. like jumping through the air or whatever. I mean, Weezer jumped the couch, I guess. It jumped the couch, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And 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 so yet we find ourselves in in twenty I think it was eighteen or twenty nineteen, they just released a album of covers that blew up the internet, had cover of Africa, it caused some like internet meltdown, and now they're back with the black album, and uh, what we really want to talk I don't know that there's any good in reviewing an actual Weezer album it, it, we'll get into it but a Weezer album is just a Weezer album but to you guys what is Weezer in twenty nineteen. Hey, man, Weezer in 2019 is an exercise in heavily branded futility. But the other thing <laughs> that we should mention is that Weezer covered Toto, right? Not just once, but twice. There's, yeah. a, there's a new Dune movie coming out, and their heroes, Toto, originally did the yes, score yes. for the David Lynch Dune movie yeah. back in the 80s, which made me think, well, maybe Weezer should skip Dune and just score a David Lynch movie. That I want to see. <laughs> do you really want to see that though <laughs> of course i do uh, I mean, these are like this is like an entire new layer of dante's inferno well uh, that, that gets to like where, where i'm at with them is like they have sort of like infiltrated and infested the culture at this point like weezer's yeah. unavoidable they played the uh the uh uh hockey classic the outdoor classic uh thing and uh and they actually played uh can't knock the hustle on that they're they're everywhere and and yet like i can't for life me figure out fucking why philip do you have any kind of answer well the toto thing is a great place to start because it's so interesting it's it's an old trope that you do a cover of a classic song to get back on the radio but when i heard that i also realized that i haven't heard a cover get that popular in a long, long time. Right. I haven't yeah. seen one get that popular. It's it's almost something that only happens in country music now. And they <laughs> were like, well, we're going to take a little bit of that. And I, for that, I actually respected them. I, It's so bland that you can't even hate it. It's just so <laughs> ignorable. And, and yet it forced us as a society to once again have to contemplate Weezer, which is something they make us do every yeah. Yeah. year and a half. Yeah, but, because you're, yeah. you're looking at them like these guys sell tickets. Yeah, I mean they're touring with Pixies. 
stadiums. But, yeah, but really, to who? Who goes to this? I mean, I was actually just <laughs> listening to Pixies earlier, and this is actually a really interesting kind of div- uh, point of diversion, I think. Both of these bands had like pretty impeccable indie rock credentials. Uh, and yeah. the Pixies maintained that for a while just because they were mothballed, right? Um, but since yeah. they've come back, there's been sort of some, you know, grumbling in the indie rock community about yeah, the Pixies I mean, not no being what they Pixies, were. But- also, you know, they kind of grounded out on the reunion tour maybe a few more times than was necessary <laughs> with regard to the actual demand for Pixies. So yeah. it's interesting that um, Weezer and Pixies, the sort of once revered and now reviled um, by some bands in the indie rock universe are out playing the boards together. But think about their approach. It's interesting because Weezer is, is the headliner, right? And they're the bigger band right right now. And when you do something like what Pixies did, where you release one EP, that's terrible uh, as your comeback, then it, it really sits heavily, but Weezer just keeps putting it out. And I mean, it's the Trump method, right? Bury them in lies, and then you won't know what truth is anymore. Exactly. Yeah, they figured nobody nobody would notice. They're right. like, here's another here's another bad slice of wax. And they mildly um, understand the internet, which I, I have to give them. You know, they, they get it. Yeah. I mean, Rivers Cuomo's uh, Instagram account is just all memes that people make of him. Yeah, <laughs> I did not yeah. know that. He's the laziest guy in the world, right? Sure. Like, He's the yeah. fuck Jerry for himself. Yeah, <laughs> but like, so how did they get from yeah, um, so, something like uh, the Blue Album and specifically Buddy Holly, which uh, which let's be clear, that is what made Weezer that video. And and as you were saying in our conversation earlier, Casey, rightfully so, they deserve every bit of acclaim for that. Uh, uh, there were some jams on that, uh, but. For me, their one good album, Pinkerton, everybody hated when it came out, and now it's it's revered as a a classic. Although I don't know, if it's been examined in the uh, Me Too era. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they might have some problems there. But how how do you go from like that like insular audience to you're on top forty radio? You're expected to play like cheesy shit, like the fucking okay, Rivers, Rivers Cuomo always wanted to play cheesy shit, yeah. and for th- for this, I adore him. This is not a, <laughs> uh, you know, this is not a criminal act in my opinion. He's from the Brian Wilson school of like, you know, Arrested uh, Development pop geniuses, and you know, you can sort of see him in his defensive crouch over there in adolescent land. You know, in in light of this Michael Jackson stuff we're hearing, that's like <laughs> kind of a creepy yeah. pose, but yeah. mm-hmm. you know. He doubles down on that shit. He's making music for middle class, upper middle class, twelve year olds. I think know? they covered Billy Jean on their cover album. Right. Well, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure they did. They did. Maybe Not there's something great here. Timing. But but listen, Rivers has always been quirky, even while he's like you know doing these you know moves that could be interpreted as selling out. Like he's still intensely weird. He just doesn't. Happen to be weird in the way that well, the, that the indie cognoscenti prefers. Let, let, let's get to that, and, and I have some thoughts on that. But I want to play a little track right now, and and uh, this is a, kind of an intensely weird pre-chorus, if you will. Um, there's drugs all over this album. There is, uh, and to this album's credit, there are a lot of songs questioning his middle agedness, right? And he's trying to come to terms with that. Um, I don't think seriously, but uh, but. This line in uh, 
in too many thoughts in my head that sort of starts off the whole mess is I'm so high in cookies it's insane let's hear a little bit of this So you said, I'm so high on cookies, it's insane. Well, he also says, I'm so high on Chopra, it's insane. So, yeah. you know, oh, no, Weezer's, no, no. Weezer's going with the deep, deepra reference. <laughs> the deep, deepra. You can't tell me that. Like, who is that for? Like, it's puzzling. It's, it's, uh, he, uh, well, he does he, meditate. I was going to say, I've heard that he meditates I, a lot now. That's and another I, thing know, that's, that that's I, uh, I, I appreciate him for. Uh, that yeah. feels like checking the boxes. I, is Rivers Cuomo real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Are we sure, Phil? You, you, Phil, you don't know. I don't know. Is he? Because you know, my theory of indie rock in brief is that like a lot of these bands are are not really that good, but they got big because there was nothing. They need the the void need to be filled, and he was at the top for a little while because of of Pinkerton and of the Blue Album. He's still at the top, <laughs> but he's bro. not. He's still at the top. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. But but he's not that great a a lyricist he's he's not a musical genius by any stretch of the <laughs> what, who are you he deserves every little last fucking well, bit of troll delight that he gets because he's earned it no he knows how to work us is what i'm saying nah he's he, rivers coma is a really neat guy i think he's got an interesting brain i i, I think he's one of um, the most frustrating artists of our time, but I, I think he kind of still is a great artist. Well, what What do you think he thought the point of this album was? Did he need to put out <laughs> another album? Did he That's think I've nailed it? About Ten great songs, I've, they I've nailed it. You. I don't know why Picasso like scribbled the same bowl over and over and over and over again. <laughs> but if if he'd taken the White Album, Pacific Daydream, and this one, mm-hmm. it would you could have put together a decent album. Yeah. You know, I think actually Pacific Daydream is a decent album. It, I can't listen to it because, um, you know, as an audio guy, the hi-hats are so crushed. It's, mm, right. They hurt my ears. <laughs> Sorry. They do. But, but other than that, I think, I think that record, you know, if you're, go- if you're looking for a return to form in the right. sense that the songs sound like classic Weezer songs and not some, yeah. uh, you know, shitty pop slurry hybrid with you know uh puzzling turns of phrase <laughs> well, you know, i don't i don't know if he learned to play piano on this or for this or if he just wanted to incorporate more piano but I, there's more to yeah, that last sure. vein you know 
point, I think a few piano songs would have been fine or one or two would have been fine, but it seemed like a whole album based on things that were started on a piano, which is pretty against the the Weezer that most people well, are looking for. You know, for. artists probably grow yeah. out, grow bored with their right. compositional methods and want to explore. I certainly yeah. don't hold that against him on any level, but um, I'm hearing different things though. Like I, on the song Byzantine, for example, mm-hmm. that has piano on it and that's, it's one of the ones, but it's got that sort of uh, weird samba feel that is mm. a Beach Boys thing from the song Busy Doing Nothing. And I think that Brian's I mean, excuse me, Rivers still goes back to the Brian Wilson well quite often. Well, right, but there's a difference between like acknowledging Brian Wilson exists and being like, I like Brian Wilson and like you can reference it, but it can still be crap. And that's what I don't <laughs> that's what I don't understand with I don't what, know. I think that song what his- that song might be crap, but it's also a song where the lyrics say I want Neil Young on your phone speaker in the morning right? And, and fuck him. If he just can't see, this is how his songs are supposed to be heard. No more lectures on fidelity. <laughs> right. And yes. I'm saying, fuck you, Pono. <laughs> so, so, so uh, we'll get you and Chad Clark on the fight about that. But uh, so, 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 so with, with that in mind, that, that is one thing that is sort of confusing about this album. Is that no, there are I'm not saying like fuck that. you, Pono. Rivers Cuomo is saying, fuck oh, I know, you. I know. I want to clear that up. For there, the record. there are, I'm not there fighting are, with anybody. There are moments on this album. There are lines like that. There are lines that, uh, that, uh, I think Phil, you said like are laugh out loud funny. And, yeah. and, and you were saying that, that it has not been, it's been a while since you hear that. You know, I hate the, the, the term like return to freight, return to form, but, this feels a little like a return to form in that like I've listened to it five times now. It's kept me from murdering people. And, 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 and every time you listen to it, like you, you dislike is the wrong word, but you, you acclimate to it. Fair. Yeah. Right. And, and that is an insidious talent to have. I, I just am trying, I just don't understand. Can't it be employed for good? What what is what what is is Rivers Cuomo hitting a wall or is he trolling all of us? You do have a point. I don't I I don't know. I mean, what is the it, it seems like there's a more emphasis on albums again mm-hmm. these days than there were the last couple of years and maybe an album is enough to fuel a tour and uh Can't Knock the Hustle will be a really fun way for them to start off their summer tour shows and you know, yeah. maybe that's all that he's that's maybe that's enough. Maybe that is enough for him. I don't know. I'll tell you something that also uh, is fun about Can't Knock the Hustle. Our soon to be two year old um, daughter loves that song because she goes to a Spanish language daycare. So she's oh, going to yeah. be like a, like her mom and I are not Spanish speakers, uh, but she's going to be a bilingual kid. And, and she, when she listens to that song, she hears words that she knows. So she feels like extra pump because she loves music. And then she's like, Oh yeah. Does she know <laughs> the phrase? Does she know the phrase? Don't step to me, bitch though. I mean, well, I mean, no, but the, the eight year old probably soon enough. Yeah. Probably has, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, that is a, um, you know, that, that song is, I, I just, I, I want to know. The real Rivers Cuomo. Well, I've never heard I, anyone write a song for an Uber driver before. So for that, right. I like. It. I mean, I respect that. I, I appreciate and respect that. <laughs> that that's true. Great. It's nice. That's true. Um, 
I'm going to get to another song because I think uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that the album uh, is coming back, which I, I believe I don't. I think I don't think it ever went anywhere. I think people might be coming back around sure. to the idea that if you write good songs and you put a bunch of good songs together to make a good album, then people will listen. Um, but uh, <laughs> Casey, a lot of space dance down there. Yeah, uh, but 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 the song "The Prince Who Wanted Everything." There's an argument to be made about this album that, it, like I mentioned before, that it is. Cuomo dealing with in a lot of ways his uh, middle agedness, his um, <clears throat> how how important he is to the culture, if you will, um, and he's doing it with humor and deflecting it. But uh, this one, it's not that deflected. Uh, no, so this not is, really at all. No, no. So this is Prince who wanted everything. So it stops short of like referencing old Weezer songs in that. Um, to to his credit, Casey, it sounds very Beach Boysish. Well, uh, I don't know if that's to his credit, but I mean, I think it's a persistent influence. And all I'm saying is that even in songs where you don't think that's actually happening, it's yeah, happening. It's happening. Yeah, it's it's under there, and, and I mean that's why we're stuck with Weezer. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it is you, you take something like that, and you take something like I'm just being honest. Um, and the first verse of that is walk into the venue, slip me your CD, ask me if you listen, give me my critique. I'd listen to it, but halfway through it, I had to quit your band. Sounds like shit. That's a very believable picture of middle age Rivers Cuomo, right? Yeah. I mean, he's probably just as confused as anybody else as to why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's muscle memory at this point. Yeah. Right. But, but it's got to be more than that. This guy has made these out al- these albums continue to chart in when what was the review do they this? i mean like who like is there yeah. a listener a real listenership for weezer i'd actually like to see the data on that you know like uh, open the hood and see who's really listening to weezer i might be able to figure this out uh in my well they're touring with the pixies what size, what size places are they playing like uh jiffy lube live or whatever it's called like pavilions so to be clear, Weezer <laughs> is playing stadiums. Yeah. yeah, but so is like you know sticks yeah, and foreigner so, on whatever. Right, like, right, right. So what I'm saying, stores. what I'm saying is, Casey, the audience is everybody. 
It's everybody. It's literally everybody. And uh, and you'll end up at one. No, you won't end up one of those. Um, no, I won't. Is it better to burn out or to fade away? <laughs> I don't know. But it, I mean, is Rivers burning out or fading away, or Stop is he just? No, like, he's actually he's arriving right at the right. He's arriving right at the right time. All he had to do was sort of keep the product pipeline filled and and you know yeah. not get fired from the major label until the nineties. Uh, nostalgia kicked on in earnest and he's going to get a second win yeah. just by playing like any songs that people know but since he's been u- kind of ubiquitous even on terrestrial radio which plays an incredibly mm-hmm. narrow sliver of artists he, yeah. but Rivers has managed to crack that formula probably yeah. because he went with a major label and stayed you know in the pipe uh, in a way that they felt that they could market on some level he's positioned right now to really tour for the next you know 10 years at least if he wanted to riding a nostalgia market i remember when beverly hills came out it was i there was no other rock on the radio you know he he does right, have right. a way of of getting in there even when against all odds and and how do, and how do you feel about that song though Against all odds, I fucking love that song. Phil <laughs> Collins forever. I mean, that whole other podcast, brother. <laughs> no, Beverly Hills. How do you feel about it? I, I mean, I you know, it's I was in middle school when it came out, so it was it was very important to us. I was just learning to play guitar. Oh, you know, that's 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 what it does when you get a rock song on the radio and there's no other rock on the radio. Yeah, and we already knew that. My name was Jonas. Was cool. We love the Blue Album, right? And so it was like, yeah, this is our guy, and he's back on the radio. And there's probably still a little bit of that out there, you know? Yeah, that was, on what, know. that was on Make Believe, right? Like I think in 2005, so, yeah. 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 I think I think that was. Uh, I mean, is Weezer and Rivers Cuomo uh, by proxy, are they just an algorithm? No, no, no. And I can tell you, can I tell you some personal shit? Please okay. do. Sort of, it's it's weird. It kind of fills in some blanks, but it it will prove that Weezer is not an algorithm. They're real human beings with real uh, human foibles and concerns, and and sometimes you know tragic outcomes. Um, I liked Weezer's Blue Album. Okay, um, you know I thought the Buddy Holly video was sweet, and then you know it grew on me. But I was busy like in in doing like weird fucking heavy music and stuff like that at the time, and I was pretending sure. not to care about that other side of my personality that always has always loved you know uh, pure pop music mm-hmm. um, and uh, great songwriting you know within um, pop oriented rock too. But so I liked that album like everybody else. But then Pinkerton came out and. You know, I liked that too. I just, you know, maybe thought it was kind of obtuse comparatively. Bam, they went away for a little while because Harvard uh, call, was calling uh, for right, Rivers right. Cuomo and he went to Boston. And, and here's where the sort of personal aspect of it comes in. Boston was like a, a part of my rock scene um, in New yeah. England, you know, so I knew a lot of people and, and players and, and folks in that scene. And the fact that Rivers went to Harvard was kind of weird, but he hooked up with Mikey Welsh, who was just basically a local bass player. And Mikey um, became the new bass player for Weezer after what's his face? Patrick? Um, what the hell is his face? What's his face? I think it was Patrick. The other. Oh, no, Patrick's a drummer. Um, oh my God, a real Weezer fan will like literally like shoot us for this. This is like so offensive. He, uh, Matt, he, Matt went off to join mm, the rental. I didn't even yeah. look that up. I didn't look that up. I swear to God, like no, my hands are up. I didn't Google it. Yeah, Matt <laughs> Sharp went and, and formed the rentals and Mikey Welsh took over. Mikey was, uh, you know, kind of like uh, a troubled person. Okay. Uh, and he, was really super artistic 
in general, like he was also a painter, but he was one of those people who probably took too much acid when he was 12 and also had a shitty home life to go with. Um, So he was kind of like uh, a borderline cat um, sometimes. And all of a sudden he ended up recording on the green album and then, you know, right, that was right, right. Weezer's big comeback. I thought the Green Album was okay, and it had some okay songs on it, but didn't it sounded like a, a, a retooled, like sort of it already sounded like a streamlined Weezer to me, like it had lost right, some right, essential right, right, es- right. some essential eccentricity. But on the other hand, those songs are pretty eccentric if you give them a close ear. You can hear Islands uh, on the Sun, like or on the Sun, like on like a commercial, and and yeah. and feel. <laughs> And and still sort of feel its weird trippiness, um, but anyway, Mikey Welsh um, ended up moving to my hometown, Burlington, Vermont, uh, which is my hometown at the time, and so he kind of ingratiated himself w- with that scene a little bit, and then just decided that he was only ever going to paint, and he did that for a while. Like he disappeared in the middle of a Weezer yeah, yeah, yeah. tour. He was actually a missing person, you know. Uh, oh, wow. But then he and and so people that I'm close to were uh, close to him. Like I didn't really know him. I actually knew him from the band that play he was in before Weezer. And I think my band played a gig in Boston with his band uh, back in the day. But I didn't really know him like um, some of my friends did. One friend in particular, and she was close to him, like very close to him. And then he like w- kind of went into Nutsville again. Um, went to Chicago to go see Weezer, um, went to a show, you know, he was trying to mm-hmm. either torture himself or convince himself of something that, you know, was, he was never going to be able to convince himself of, but, you know, it was kind of like a suicide move. And then he overdosed in his hotel room, you know, didn't get wow. to see that show. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So that's the tragic story of Mikey Welsh and <clears throat> Weezer were sort of criticized at the time for moving on from him so abruptly because, you know, yeah, he, uh, yeah. he he was somebody who was clearly in a world of hurt. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that shows that the band isn't really an AI. You know, <laughs> there's there's actual tragic circumstances and 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 weird shit in, in their real lives, too. Right. But that <clears throat> it's odd that that doesn't make it into their music anymore, though. And maybe there's a reason for that. Well, what'd be the reason in your opinion? Well, avoidance, you know, <laughs> like, okay. like the clinical assessment okay. here would yeah. be that they're, you know, it's an unwillingness to confront uh, certain aspects of, right. of their right. own history as people and as people who have played music together. I, I actually didn't know any of that history and knowing that history now, it, it makes uh, yeah, a lot of, as I try to wrap my hand, head around Weezer, uh, you know, because Green Album and arguably Maladroit was the last time that, like, I felt they were um, close to the source of what of what Weezer was. Not not rock and roll, just what Weezer was. <clears throat> and they went out from there and got to whatever. But uh, you know, they that was two thousand two, and it's twenty nineteen. Yeah, and um. Yeah. It's like I hated Metallica's Black album when it came out too. You know, I right. thought that was a bunch of bullshit. That was sort of the similar experience with the with the Green album. But now looking back, with that much time having passed uh, since, I'm like, yeah, the Black album was pretty good, especially comparatively. Uh, and, and you can to this Black do, album. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's the interesting thing too. But like, you can look at Weezer's. You know, Weezer's releases since the Green Album, and instead of rolling your eyes and saying the Green Album falls short, you're like, oh, the Green Album's a masterpiece. Right. 
Right, right, right. I, you know, I, I tend to like look at artists, uh, the whole arc of their career, and I and I think about like what they're doing. And some people are, uh, some people like, especially songwriters, it's easier to do this with. You look at them and see um, that, yeah, they might put out a bunch of bad. They can put out whole bad albums, but over the career, it's it's long term. I hate that I'm saying this on mic, but I I feel like that this album has some moments that might indicate that the next like actual good Rivers Cuomo song is around the corner. Not doing it for the um the lulls or the hustle and and actually getting there because there's enough in here um that is uh like it doesn't feel dated, right? But that's how, he tor- that's how he tortures you, though. You know what I mean? Is, is through the, the torture <laughs> of, like, of expectation. Um, and that might be, if he really is a um, malevolent being, uh, then, then that's maybe part of his trolling, right? By tantalizing you, holding it just, <laughs> just ever so tantalizingly close and then pulling it away. But he does seem to understand the craft. Not seem to. He does understand the craft of songwriting. He does understand you know, the craft. He, he really does. Yeah. And when he wants to put something together, he... he picks an idea whether it's mundane or whatever can't knock the hustle living in la i mean these are not the most inspiring Mm -hmm. things in the world but he doesn't always start from the most inspiring place like surf wax america i don't know maybe that is but it's that's pretty inspiring (laughs) (laughs) but but like but there's a song here that like starts that way uh well you know this is one of the other songs that starts with do 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 but um but piece of cake on here uh, the the chorus is she cuts me like a piece of cake, which is it's just bullshit. It's like whatever. But <laughs> but the first verse, let's do hard drugs, fix our problems. That's pretty great. Yeah. And because it's direct and it's yeah. just like, hey, man, this is what this song is about. And then all of a sudden you're singing back. Yeah. And, and, and the metaphors don't mix and they don't. It's just like, what the fuck happened on the way to the chorus, dude? She ate um, me up. Is how that chorus ends? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> she cut me like a piece of cake. Hope can drive a man insane. She ate me up. Uh, he's really good. He's really good. Hop on this for- trash. Be my last chance. We'll eat ice cream. Weep for Betty. So he seems there's under- a lot of dessert references, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm so high on cookies, like ice cream. Like this is giving me a creepy Michael Jackson vibe again. Sorry. Oh man. <laughs> uh, well, let's hope that he he does. The, the Rivers Cuomo story does not end like that. It, it should be uh, noted too that uh, uh, Dave Sitek from uh, TV on the radio was yeah. the producer on this. I think that makes a lot of difference in, in their sound. I think that probably focused them a little. I think that's why I can hear this and not immediately. Dave Sytek like, is in the keep the major labels happy with washed up nineties uh, acts um, gig yeah. because he, he also produced Jane's addictions uh, astoundingly awful. Uh, the oh, yeah, al- yeah. album, the great escape artist. <laughs> yeah, but he moved it. He moved to L.A. and it got sunny, 20, and then he's like, "I got a job, man." 2011, maybe 2010, mm-hmm. something like that. It was actually a while ago already. So, so he'll know, do. It, it, I, I see Dave Sytek's name, and I'm like, 
That's a sweet work for hire. <laughs> Dependable shows up, gets the job done. <laughs> well, uh, I don't uh, like TV on the radio, though, so sorry. Uh, well, that's there you go. Just They're really upset. Just, <laughs> just ruined the podcast, man. <laughs> um, that's what I was here to do the whole time. Why else would you invite me? This is true. <laughs> this is true. So if you have to tell people a parting thought about the Weezer's Black Album, what's it going to be, Philip? Um. It'll make you feel good, but then it will start to make you feel bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Casey. Well, I want to leave the last word to Philip because I've talked too much. But honestly, if I got to sum it up, it's like, I don't give a fuck about any of this because Rivers doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to play dress. I'm going to say it's not as bad as you wanted it to be. It's not as good as you wanted it to be. It's just Weezer and go with that. So yeah. that goes um, on the business card. Yeah. Yeah. That does indeed. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for hanging out and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on soon. I know we got a bunch of uh, TV on the radio coming up because their album is like 20 years old and yeah. Casey will not be on that, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back and uh, round this thing out. Weezer's The Black Album is available everywhere. You can't avoid it. It is in your face. It is coming for your soul, and uh, and you don't have a say in it. And if there's one thing we can say after that uh, that lively discussion is that uh, The Black Album exists. Weezer made a thing. It's called The Black Album. And uh, and God damn it, they're probably going to make some more things down the road. We'll see, man. I, as, as you sort of heard, towards the end, I warmed up to it a little bit. And, um, and uh, yeah, had to work that out. Anyway, that is the end of this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to us in iTunes. Smash that subscribe button and uh, tell your friends about it. You can leave us a rating. You can leave us a message. Uh, also, listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. All the episodes, all 407 now, are up there on Spotify. Uh, you can also find us out on the web at, at Chunky Glasses on Instagram and Twitter. And then we are just backslash Chunky Glasses on Facebook. Always on www.chunkyglasses.com since we are Chunky Glasses Production. Uh, there you'll find the work of Mauricio Castro and, and our team of a photographer is based in Washington, D.C., covering live events every night. And also, don't forget to tune in to uh, our other podcast, Dead to Me, hosted by Casey Ray, and uh, where he's exploring. It's a cross-cultural uh, exploration of the legacy of the dead, and it is, it's is—it's—it's quite amazing. It is growing in leaps and bounds. So you want to get on the bus now, kids. Uh, I'm not going to play a song at the end of this because I don't want to do that, pair anybody with this. Uh, but coming up in the next few weeks or next few episodes – Going to be talking about Jessica Pratt's new album. Uh, that is a, a lovely, nice winter 
Winterfair uh, uh, type of album. Going to be talking about that. Uh, going to be talking about The Comet is Coming, has a new album. Uh, uh, Wes Covey's going to be back for that. And a couple surprises up our sleeves. So hang out, everybody. Hang tight. Be safe. And we will be back to see you in a few short days. <laughs> <laughs>